Hi, I'm Carrie Hines. Welcome to our Hair Radio podcast series that features special interviews and segments from the Hair Radio Morning Show, Salon TV Network, along with original exclusive content right here and across 10 other top podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Contact us about advertising your products or services or being interviewed at 347-587-3213 or visit us on the internet at hairradio.com. Now sit back and enjoy your Hair Radio podcast presentation. Again, I'm Carrie Hines. Thank you. You're listening to the Hair Radio Morning Show. I'm Carrie Hines. Now we have a very, very special broadcast today. We're talking with three individuals who are protesters with the Black Lives Matter. And, uh, and it's not just about uh, being a protester with the Black Lives Matter so much, but also the fact of being injured. Uh, and we're going to get into all of that uh, with the whole story, it's, uh, several stories. It's just uh, amazing. And we're also joined by, you guys know her, Miss Lisa Bloom, the attorney for these individuals. We welcome everybody to the Hair Radio Morning Show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. Thank you. I want to jump right on. Yes. Good morning, guys. I want to jump right on in. Let me just identify everybody first. Uh, We've got Nia Love from Sacramento area, as well as Poucher Conner from uh, Sacramento as well, and Bradley Stein, who is down in Los Angeles. And, uh, And you guys, again, were joined by Lisa Bloom. Uh, from the Bloom firm. Uh, let's go ahead and start. Uh, this is really, all of this comes out of protesting uh, in response to the the George Floyd incident, uh, the death of George Floyd uh, back earlier this, uh, in actually in mid-2020. So, um, I just want to get a little feel of, you know, maybe we can start with Brad. Maybe you can just explain a little bit about uh, the incident that you, that you, you know, that involved you in Los Angeles. And we'll try to, we'll get everybody in real quick. Sure. And thanks again for uh, having us on. So um, I was like uh, the, the, the rest of, of this country shocked and appalled at um, the senseless killing um, and the images and the video of of this man squeezing the life out of George Floyd um, as as he pleaded and begged um, uh, because he couldn't breathe and and wanted his life spared. Um, uh, and there was an opportunity in Los Angeles at a uh, Black Lives Matter rally. And um, I decided to attend it. I was going to take my 10-year-old daughter, but I decided at the last minute not to take her. And, um, you know, um, it felt like the whole of Los Angeles came out. Angelinos and uh, folks, teenagers, kids, old people, everybody came out. And and, uh, we gathered um, and we um, uh, t- took our march to the streets and we started marching down the street and, you know, we found ourselves at the intersection of Fairfax and um, 
uh, um, right. uh, in Perth, yeah, near the uh, Beverly, um, I, I beg your pardon, near the Grove um, shopping center. And, yeah. um, you know, we, we uh, you know, um, we're all, everybody was peaceful together. Uh, you know, we were talking about the people that have lost their lives from Breonna Taylor to George Floyd and, um, you know, uh, some Black Lives Matter folks were speaking about um, the injustices and about um, seeking um, uh, police re- reform for the way that they um, have been acting to uh, Black Americans and people of color in the United States. And the march continued and um, you know we found ourselves in the skirmish line where police were violently um, uh, uh, beating up protesters and um, in the melee of of all of that I saw somebody getting hurt I tried to help them and um, I was subsequently hit across the chest and I was shot from a few feet away um, by rubber bullets. Unfortunately, the rubber bullet hit me in the uh, genitalia and um, ruptured my left testicle. So um, that's, that's pretty much what happened to me. Just, just awful. Now, Lisa, I want to kind of get into this with the rubber bullets. And, of course, we will, I want to hear from uh, both me and Fouché as well. But um, I have to talk about this with the rubber bullets because I've been reading and a whole bunch of going back and forth about uh, the use, the proper use of these rubber bullets and when they might be used uh, for crowd control. Is there anything uh, that you can add to that, Lisa Bloom? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, you might think, well, at least they're not using the regular bullets. They're using rubber bullets. But in fact, Rubber bullets can be lethal, and they have been in a number of cases. And if they're not lethal, they can cause lifelong injuries, as has happened to all three of my clients, Bradley, Mia, and Fouché, who are on this call. Injuries to their face, to their eyes, to their genitals. It is horrific. And the guidelines in California for police state very clearly that rubber bullets and other so-called less lethal weapons are never to be used for crowd control. They're never to be used in retaliation. No police weapon is to be used in retaliation. If you're angry at somebody, if you don't like the way they're protesting, you're never allowed to use a weapon. They're only allowed to be used in self-defense or in defense of another when there's a very serious risk of injury or death. And even then, you're supposed to shoot center mass, meaning to somebody's torso, never to the genitals or the face. That's why all three of these cases are so important because we have to hold the police accountable for maiming people who are there protesting a very just and righteous issue. This should never have happened to any of them. Absolutely. Uh, I want to turn to uh, the two from San Francisco, uh, Nia Love and Fouché uh, Conner, if I'm pronouncing your name correctly. I'm sorry, from Sacramento. Correct, like Sacramento, California. <laughs> Nia and Fouché, tell us, um, now were you guys at the same uh, Black Lives Matter march in, uh, that, in your area, in Sacramento area? Um, I'm not sure. 
Nia, I'm sorry. No, it was it was two uh, different ones. Two different ones. Okay, I just wanted. Okay, Nia, just to start with you, can you tell us because I was looking a little bit at your story as well. I was just uh, just um, just well, first of all, blown away with your poise. Um, can you just tell everybody a little bit about your experience? What happened to you on that night when you were marching with the for the Black Lives Matter? Uh, yeah, so um, just like um, Bradley said, after jo- after the George Floyd murder, I was angry, upset, hurt. So um, I went out to march with my youngest brother, and um, for a while it was okay, it was fine, and um, and then it got really um, hostile. And I was actually walking away from the crowd, and I turned around to look at my brother to look for my brother. When I turned around, and couple seconds I was hit in the eye and um my eye was literally my. blown to pieces oh my mm-hmm. I have to ask you guys yeah. uh this is really tough to hear uh you know for our listeners out there how are you guys actually uh coming along at this point how are you doing here since I have you on the line about this uh how are you coming uh, along how is your eyesight at this point I'm not that great um, I haven't been at work in about eight months wow. um, since it happened. Um, it's hard for me to get medication because my insurance got canceled because I'm not working. Mm. I can't drive. Um, I'm still well, – I'm completely blind on the left side. So it's hard. I'm still trying wow. to figure out how to maneuver day-to-day with learning how to live my new reality, being blind in one eye. So, and, and then mentally it's also very hard. Well, I have to tell you, and I just in looking at some of your information, I saw a comment there about, you know, that you have daughters and you certainly, you you know, you don't want them to ever grow up in this kind of crazy to go through these things that we're all going through right now. So uh, just a really good, you know, you have, you know, just such under the circumstances, uh, you know, just doing amazing things uh, with all of this. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, have to turn to you. Uh, yes, absolutely. There's, I'm sure it's a better way to put that. Uh, Fouché, please tell us a little bit. Um, I didn't get a whole bunch on your experience, and I wanted to definitely uh, understand exactly what happened also, as well from Sacramento. Uh, so please tell us when it happened and exactly what happened. Hello. Um... It's very nice to, yeah. to be here as well, um, along Thank with you. Uh, everybody else, um, including Lisa. Um, but um, what happened on, you know, May 31st for for me uh, was that um, after seeing uh, protests and after seeing, definitely after seeing what George Floyd happened, what happened to George Floyd, um, it definitely moves me into a direction, a uh, different direction. Um, I, I've been wanting to be a part of serving um, people serving the country, serving uh, my community for a while. Um, I wanted to be a uh, part of law enforcement, and and I was aiming towards towards going towards that. Um, just going all the way back to Trayvon Martin, going all the way back to you know Eric Garner, all the people that have been already um, made it um, it pretty obvious that this this injustice and this inequality is is blatant in our country. Um, it made me think about all that and what I could be doing um, to, to helping. Uh, and, and the one thing I know is just to exercise my rights protest, um, just as everybody should when they see injustice or 
um, they see something that needs to change us inside our country um, historically. Um, I, I wanted to go out there um, to, to march with my brothers and sisters, um, to go out there and speak out for change and to ultimately, ultimately be peaceful. I really wanted to go out there, be peaceful, uh, have us be heard, but also not have us be harmed as well. Um, we were all taking knees, chanting, um, sitting down, um, and, and a lot of that stuff changed um, when when police presence came. Um, they came in armor. Um, they came with um, what it looked uh, like guns at the time. Um, they came and um, just looked like full riot uh, gear um, at a, a protest that was uh, pretty much peaceful. It was all peaceful. Um, I uh, did not feel like I was threatened or my life was threatened or um, I didn't feel fear until that presence, uh, until that police presence got, came there. And once they came there, um, we went um, to go um, to, to continue to protest um, on the uh, street that we were on, on the Capitol, at the Capitol. And um, shortly after that, they let go um, tear gas, rubber bullets, um, um, projectiles um, that one, as I was uh, fleeing, did um, hit me in my face, really close to my eye. Um, I couldn't see for a, a while, and, um, and and it has forever changed my view and uh, my look at, uh, at my future, my future career past, and and what I could be doing to, to helping uh, this movement. And I saw these pictures. Uh, how how was your eye uh, coming along? How is your uh, injury coming along at this point? Recently, I have still had uh, floaters and um, lights still bothered with my eye. Um, I forever have a scar uh, right next to my eye. Um, and honestly, um, my life has been flipped upside down. And ever since then, uh, um, moving forward, has been a little bit more difficult. Um, seeing positivity in, in, in um, what everything's going without uh, reform. Wow. I'm just uh, well. First, thank you very much for sharing, uh, you guys. Uh, if you're just joining us, let me just uh, bring everybody up to speed. You're listening to the All New Hair Radio Morning Show. I'm Carrie Hines. I'm on today with three individuals, all who are Black Lives Matter protesters who were uh, injured. Now, uh, Lisa, I do have to talk to you about one of the um, mm-hmm. things that I had noticed, um, and what I saw was that I think it was it. I think it was in the case of Nia uh, where the, uh, where I believe the police, the law, I'm sorry, the law enforcement, I think they were saying that there were several different, no one like would take ownership of these, you know, these uh, rubber bullets being fired. You know, it seemed to me like everybody, you know, like two or three different police agencies or whatever were blaming the other. And I just, I'm blown away. So um, what, what on earth uh, can be done, if anything? It's hard to, when they won't even acknowledge that, you know, it was there, which to me, I, I can't imagine that there can't be records uh, that would right. indicate when a firearm is discharged. I mean, that's just, can you, I don't even yes, know what else to say. Jerry, you know, you're, you're putting your finger on something that's so important. Can you believe we live in a country and our tax dollars are going to pay our local officials right. and they cannot even tell us who fired bullets that injured a citizen? 
we don't know which agency it was. It was some other agency, probably not ours. We don't know. Maybe it was them. I mean, this is insane. Of course, they should always keep records. They're required by law to keep records when they discharge a weapon, when they use a weapon on a citizen. Now, we believe it was the Sacramento PD, but we have filed lawsuits on behalf of all three of these wonderful BLM protesters yes. who are on the call with me right now, Nia Fouché yeah. and Bradley, and we will get to the bottom of it because we will force them to answer our questions and, and our subpoenas, and we will get to the bottom of that. I don't think that's okay. going to be difficult. You know, but what's really striking to me is, you know, bringing this case to the present. We all saw what happened on January 6th at the Capitol in Washington, D.C., right, where that crowd of almost entirely white protesters was actually ushered right into the Capitol. I mean, police officers not only didn't use any violence on the crowd when they were just out there protesting, but opened the doors, there's videos, waved them on in, and now we find out that some of the, certainly not all, But a small number of the police officers there were actually white supremacists and sympathizers with those protesters. And it's just appalling and disturbing that the way that white protesters in events that are like Trump rallies and uh, people protesting stay-at-home orders, the way that they have gotten treated compared to Black Lives Matter protesters. I mean, it really, you know, if you think about it, Nia and Fouché and Bradley were all there protesting police brutality, and then all three of them became victims of police brutality, proving the very point of the protest. Exactly. Well, that's the irony of it to me, and it's just filled with this throughout everything. I mean, just the fact of the you know that you're there uh, exercising your right, you know, to uh, to assemble uh, peacefully. And then it's almost as if that uh, the, these officers are unaware. I, I, I just, I'm, it's hard to uh, mm-hmm. kind of rationalize this, try to, try to explain it. Um, but I have to say, folks have taken notice uh, about the, it seems like such an uneven, you know, an uneven amount of force when it, mm-hmm. as you just, to your point, Lisa, about the, when it's relating to uh you know, folks of color, as opposed to uh, those folks who were going out to support uh, Donald Trump uh, with their uh, riot and so forth. But I tell you, um, I just want to say this, and I'm not, you know, just to kind of move along a little bit for everybody, but um, I want to thank everybody who uh, is going out there and like what you guys have done with standing up and protesting. I've been out there myself, so I can certainly understand every single uh, aspect of what it takes to do that. And, um, and you know, and looking at your stories, and, and Brad, I think uh, just, uh, you know, and kind of looking at your story as well, I'm going to get into all of it now, but just, you know, just I'm blown away with uh, the courage that it takes and uh, the road that you've taken to guys for all of you to get where you are. And Lisa, um, I just want to say, um, is there, yes, absolutely. Do you guys, um, you know, easy question, uh, but do you guys, is there anybody who would do anything differently? Uh, Nia, would you, would you change and just, you know, if you could take it all back that night, would you change uh, and do anything any different? No, I wouldn't. Um, Like I said before, it's, it's bigger than just what happened to me. 
So I think, you know, take one for the team. <laughs> I hear you. Okay. And what about you, Fouché? Is there anything that you would kind of have done differently if you could? Um, I've, I've, I've asked myself that question um, many times, um, to be honest. Um, they all come to the same conclusion that, no, I wouldn't have um, changed anything that I did. Um, I think if I were to change um, or say I, I, if I were to change anything, um, that's implying that what I did was fully wrong and um, that's also implying that what they did was right. Um, what they did wasn't right, and that's and right. I'm here for a reason, and uh, I'm exactly. here to fight for justice. So, no, I wouldn't. I'm glad you brought that. Absolutely, and that was the point I was about to get to as well. Very good, thank you for that. Uh, so, Bradley, I want to say, and in your case, you have just awful, you know, experience with dealing with all of this. Being from South Africa, uh, you know, you've seen a whole bunch and you just, uh, so you have a little probably, um, you know, I hate to say, but you've got some reference to some degree uh, with all of this. Um, so I just have to say as well, let me just, let me just stay on this. Would you do anything any different as well? Let me just officially ask well, you that yeah, question. And I'm gonna, this is Lisa, but I'm going to jump yeah, in on Lisa, that one I'm, for Bradley because there have been uh, criminal charges filed against him so his case is a little bit different and got it, got I, have it, got to, it. I have to jump in as his attorney and not have him answer that or anything too specific don't ask no problem incident. at all sorry but that's fine let that. no Thank no you. no that's perfectly fine um just um, next thing um lisa yeah. if if i could say one thing um um and 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 that is is that you know the the difference. I just want to go back and just address the differences in in the way police handle um, you know what happened at the Capitol versus what happened yes. at Black Lives Matter march. Or you can talk about anything with your South Africa uh, activism and background because that's very interesting. Yeah. So I yes. I, yes. Uh, my my background is I was recruited by President Nelson Mandela and his African National Congress as a um as a as a clandestine officer as a spy um to help them infiltrate right wing white nationalist groups in um in the late eighties in South Africa. And uh, I was involved with the the struggle, um, you know, like the civil rights movement here in, in the United States, but in South Africa. And um, what I've seen here in the United States is appalling. The white uh, um, uh, privilege that, that uh, law enforcement, people in government, Stand behind the uh, um, institutionalized and stem, uh, systemic racism that I've seen in all these institutions is uh, remnant of uh, apartheid rule, um, um, you know, um, uh, methodologies of the South African government and what they used, and they actually got that from 
the Australians that were, you know, suppressing the Aborigines, the Germans that were right. oppressing the Jews, and and you know the the uh, a national security apparatus in this country has to change. So you know, hopefully that's going to happen with this new administration that's coming in, because what we've seen with this Trump administration is is that all this poison has actually risen to the top um, mm. and it's shown itself. So, um, you know, it's it's frightening to see the state of um, um, the blatant racism in, in the United States. And it's it's very reminiscent of, of apartheid South Africa and the oppression of, uh, of that time. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to add... Well, I I totally agree, and uh, I'm sure many of our listeners out there are just uh, it 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 becomes very difficult for uh, folks, uh, you know, for us to you know keep seeing the same things over and over. And I just you know we applaud you so very much, and I thank you. I cannot thank you enough, uh, you guys, for uh, really standing up for what you believe in beyond words beyond words. Mm-hmm. And and I have to say, Lisa, um, I just thank you so much, Miss Lisa Bloom. You are, are always doing amazing work. I just want to personally tell you that. I love you yeah, and your mother kind. and just everything that you do. And so keep uh, well, representing the folks that you're kind. doing and doing I love you. you do. I love you back thank you. and thank you for what you're doing thank and thank you. you for speaking out about what's important and what's right. And that's Got what it. I think everybody on the line right now cares about. So bless you. And Absolutely. That note, um, we'll go ahead and, you know, respect everybody's time and just say thank you. Nia, Love, uh, Fouchere, Connor, uh, Bradley Stein, um, you guys, and, of course, the amazing Lisa Bloom. Thank you so much, and, and good luck with everything, and be well. Continue the uh, you so you know, healing with all of this. Thank, thank you. All right, we'll check on you. Fellow struggle people, right. keep your chins up. God bless you all. God bless you. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.